Have you ever been told you take TV too seriously? Well, this is the podcast for you. I'm Michelle. I'm Nikki. And we're diving into the media of our childhoods and beyond. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's serious, but we're always getting into it. Which character should have been queer? Which of our favorite kids who is a racist all along? Stay tuned. Spoiler alert, probably all of them. What are we talking about today? I don't know. This is just like a rant session. <laughs> in, a, in a good, ranting about good things and some uh, things that could be improved upon in yeah. media, in movies and television. Yeah, think about it like a, you know, like a mid-season clip show. <laughs> <laughs> or a like the, <laughs> oh the the montages was like in case you yeah. forgot what show you're watching <laughs> right remember that time <laughs> or the the epiphany mm-hmm. oh i should have seen this I all this time <laughs> that time you were being kind of annoying but deep down i knew i always wanted to be annoyed by you forevermore right. It's always been you. You had me at hello. Oh my God. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. We're calling this Rex and anti-Rex. Our recommendations for our favorite tropes, our favorite things that happen in media, in shows and movies, and our least favorite shows that we think should have ended sooner or maybe never, ever been a thing. Yeah, and spoil alert for everything, but also, I don't know, don't listen to podcasts. Most podcasts spoil things, so <laughs> just, you've seen it or you didn't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> also, I think you need to make peace with the fact that you never know what's going to come out of our mouths and what we're going to reference. It's like an episode of Gilmore Girls. Tons of references all the time, and the transitions make sense, at least to us. Yeah, we never claim to be spoiler-free also, so it's fine. I don't want to live like that. I can't not give... I'm very bad at telling from telling somebody about a plot of a thing or a show or whatever. I'm just like, do you want to hear everything that just happened? (laughs) Spoilers do not exist for things that have been out for a year. I'll give you a month to watch a new movie. Okay. No, no. Maybe that year. That year. Not even. Sorry, no. It was not a priority for you to watch this new movie in that month. That's on you. And if you just happen to be browsing the internet and come across a thing, of course, there's articles talking about it. Of course, people react oh, yeah, to of it. Course. They watched, like, that's your fault. Yeah. I found the joke real quick. What joke? <laughs> Happy coming out day. I'm coming out as tired. My pronouns are had it, over it, done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want, I want that on a shirt and I want... Um, <laughs> Just don't refer to me on a show. Just don't. Don't refer to me. Just don't. You can say my name, I guess, but I'll come up with a different name. (laughs) My preference is silence, actually. Yeah, my preference is we never met. We never met. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Oh, I'm reading this awful book. I have an anti-book recommendation for you called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. It's one of the worst books I've ever read. Oh, yeah. You were mentioning it. Like, is it just worse and worse as you go? Like, it's just not getting better? Definitely. It somehow gets worse. I didn't think it was possible. Wow. It is like 400 pages or something. That's too long for a bad book. I kept telling people it was like 700 pages, I guess, because it felt that way. But you could literally just take out the first third to one half of the book and it would not matter. Damn. 
Yeah. This person needed editing. Like, who was their editor? I think their editor was on vacation and came back <laughs> to, like, a huge workload. And then they're like, ah, damn, I got to get all these things done and just, like, push. <laughs> like, it's fine. I'm sure your other books are fine. This one's right. fine. Just send it to the publisher. I don't even care. Just send, just send it. Thank you for completing it by deadline. And they just <laughs> rushed to print. Poor editor. It was just the same chapter 10 times. Anthology. Just write an anthology. Just a couple of short stories. Then you could just do your, you know. Just have nothing happen for no, 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 not an anthology. This one should have been one short story, <laughs> really short. <laughs> it would have been way better. But I just had to point out that I'm reading that and I hate it. But the only reason I thought of it was because you know everyone just forgets her immediately, like they walk through the door and forget her. That's what I want. They're, are they trying to do that trope where like this character is so like frumpy and unpopular that like no one remembers them? Is it no, that thing or something? It's just else? like they sold she sold her soul to the they won't say it's the devil. Right. They, but they keep saying it's darkness or some shit with the devil. Called like Luke, which they are claiming isn't short for Lucifer, but it is. What else would it be? It's the devil. Let's be honest. What else is it gonna be? <laughs> I think they said like Lucian or something, but it's the devil. Yeah, that's just the devil. You know those categories on Netflix or HBO or wherever they're like based on books or something about like based on a true story or whatever, but you see those different categories. Yeah. 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 And honestly, is, like m- most yeah. books, most movies, most are movies, books. most movies, most shows, more, so more than like, you would think. Half of your catalog could be in this category, but <laughs> I don't know, but cool. <laughs> I, I love seeing it. Mm-hmm. Makes me want to just start a book club just solely on books that were made into movies. Like and a I book club them. watch party. I, I also love the uh, meta movies about book clubs talking about real life books that are then kind of based on the movie. Do you remember the Jane Austen book club? Oh, I love that. I love, <laughs> I love that. No, w- watching that movie, it makes, it makes me want to read the books. Just I know, so, right? Like I want to read along with them. Like, okay, see, I'll, I'll come back to you when I'm done with Pride and Prejudice. All righty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That exactly. movie is so cute. I like the movie. Do you remember that book? What was it called? No, no, it's not Why I Can Marry. It's not Teleperry. It's uh, Think Like a Man, something, something, something. There was some period of time in the like 2010s or mid 2010s or whatever when people were like, what if we took self help books that are not narratives <laughs> at all and just like random oh stories? And then make an entire narrative about it. Did you ever see that movie? He's just not that into you. I remember it was probably like airplanes. It was like solo. Of a I can airports. see that. I can see that. Um, <laughs> that's one of them. And then it's like think like a man, something like a woman. Those honestly, I mean, that's also kind of true of Mean Girls. I you know, that's Tina true. Fey that was a self help book. Some book that she was reading, and yeah, yeah, I remember that book. Interesting. I mean, that one was successful. That one worked out because I think. Even if, if you're going to do that, if you're going to be inspired by a self-help book, then you at least need to write a good narrative then and not just like a just slap together a narrative and be like, this is mm-hmm. like the book. You remember the book? Yeah. Well, I think with Mean Girls, it wasn't like a direct like adaptation so much as like yeah. inspiration. So that helps it. But right, right. Wasn't He's just not that into you was like it wasn't a narrative. No. It was a self-help book. It's a self-help relationship book and it got really popular and then they were like, we'll make a movie because money. Oh, smells like rom-com. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
I really appreciated the like air of 2000s teen movies that were all based on Shakespeare because it's like <laughs> they're trying something. They're trying something new. Like it's an adaptation that feels like I'm not just doing a like word for word like adaptation of Shakespeare. We are going to take it, put it in the 90s slash 2000s and have it yeah. totally size of these teens. And like that's at least something new. <laughs> Do you know what I learned about myself when I was looking up like tropes and stuff? What? Well... <laughs> most of that I'm basic and I just like there's certain things I'm like where I'm just like well I mean they got me there what do you mean like there's certain tropes that I just enjoy seeing in like media where I'm just like yeah this is used a lot but also it's a classic like uh, <laughs> love a coming of age love a fish out of water because it's you could just do so much there it's just like wow Listen, how did I get I mean, here what those, do I do sometimes the way that people talk about tropes they use trope like it only has a negative connotation yeah and a trope is a blank slate, pretty much. It's just like yeah, it's the just bare a tool. bones, a tool. Yeah. And mm. so it's like, there are so many coming of age narratives. There are so many hero's journey type of narratives. And that is fine and not something that we're like, get rid of it. It's just like, no, yeah. Like if a trope leans more into a stereotype, that's worth investigating. But yeah, most, we don't need to do that. Tropes are inherently harmful or negative in general, no. but I, <laughs> but there are certain ones like, you know, I love a rom-com to all the boys I've loved before. It's like a fan fiction come to life. How many tropes did that movie hit? <laughs> like oh, all of them? they had the fake dating. Oh, That's, the fake dating that turns into a real relationship. Yes. Of course. That is like my bread and butter. It's rarely done well, but when it is, I'm like, I love a fake dating. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's so funny. It's like, obviously, you're going to be into each other at some point. Honestly, this is how Bridgerton got me in season one. And then it did what it did. And I was mad. But yeah. I was living because I like removed from my current reality. We're set in mm -hmm. whoever knows when. And mm -hmm. there's big poofy dresses and mm -hmm. balls and silly drama. Lovely. And bonus fake dating. Yes. <laughs> So it was like reeling me in just to be like, damn it. I, yeah. I also love a good will they, won't they? Because I too love rom-coms to an extent. You not can do a Ross and Rachel type of will no, they, won't like, they. No. One, not a will they, won't they, where the relationship you showed me is just bad and never good. Like, I don't care anymore. And then not mm -hmm. a will they, won't they, where you have me sitting here for 10 years until these people get together. Like, let's. Gosh, no. Do it or don't. I'm not going to sit here for like literal seven seasons for you to decide <laughs> they should be together like just let them be together at some point give a payoff i feel like if you're taking that long it's like you're saying they should just be friends i don't know yeah because you're just saying they won't they're just saying they won't in real life i would not be waiting around for like five plus years for somebody and like no moves were being made on either side yeah like they would even have almost like and then you know throw an obstacle in their way that like is undeniable you can't date mm -hmm. for whatever like whatever like a real thing is like oh i got this job i didn't know and like right. you told me I that moved. like yeah. and i, I long distance thing. is not my thing yeah. da, da, da. that's fine that's like a, a real situation not just like we live in the same small town you come to my diner every day <laughs> and I figured out I liked you immediately and I saved this horoscope for like eight years 
and fix stuff around your house and kind of sort of am a father figure to your child and we act like a married couple but somehow we don't know we're in love with each other it would have been a little better if they just let it be like the five years that we've seen them this has been true versus like it being eight and like luke (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah this is for anyone who didn't catch on and isn't like this is about luke and lorelei from gilmore girls yeah like my guy, at some point, either ask her on a date or don't, but you're doing a lot. Or like, it's, if it could have been more so like he tried to ask her on a date or he did, but she's already with someone, then again, that's an obstacle that we can be like, well, things happen. Well, they you know, did wait. that. I don't know what happened in those eight years. I guess he was, was it just like, oh, she's busy raising Rory. But that was still true when we started in season one and she was, right. Rory was like 15. So that's exhausting to think about. And then when they got together, they broke up over silliness. At a certain point, if they like are just going to get together to break up, just have them not just have them won't instead of will, because the satisfaction is that you see that they're compatible because they're like friends or they're like so into each other clearly or whatever. And they get together and you want to see that succeed, especially after four freaking seasons. Yeah. And just like like, (laughs) and like so many movies do this. I'm just like, just let them either succeed in a way where it's like it's clear that them being together is a good thing Mm -hmm. or leave me alone because I don't want to see two people have a bad relationship and then be like, they have to be together. Like do they? Yeah. You do all this buildup and it just feels like you're punishing the audience. Yeah. Not that like, I don't like when shows do this like fan service shit or just, I don't know what the term is. Because there's fan service where it's like you're paying so much attention to what the audience wants and catering to them. But then there's the opposite where you go the opposite. Like, what is that man's name that did signs? Um, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, like on some M. Night Shyamalan shit or like Brian Murphy shit. I thought of M. Night Shyamalan just because like all of his movies, just like if you find out this one thing, it's ruined rather than just like enjoying the experience of the film and the journey. There should be other things that are worth watching than just like the twist or, and like I thought of Ryan Murphy because of, Oh my God. Allegedly, you know, changing storyline in season two. Allegedly. Is it even alleged? They felt pretty blatant. They were clearly reading Tumblr, Reddit, (laughs) fan fiction things and being like, oh, people found out or like, oh, people want this. We're either going to mm-hmm, do it or mm-hmm. not because- The whole thing with like Sam and Kurt. You. And Sam and like, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hannah and Brittany. Yeah. Like, so much shit. Yeah. Degrassi did this. Gosh, I'm not like an Eclair fan. Cute ship name, but <laughs> I don't like it. I I think shipping ruins the show sometimes. It ruins- Sure, sure. If you are a person that seeks out fandoms and want to talk to people or whatever, Gilmore goes with the whole team, insert Rory's boyfriend here. Yeah, shit. team anybody shit gets, can sometimes be a lot. To, like team Edward, team Jake, like, aren't there other things to talk about? No. It, at all? No? No. But there's a lot of other things. That... No, there's not. <laughs> Okay, but like I hate when show I hate when like showrunners pay so much attention because I know like you had a story in mind and then 
it's really obvious when you chicken out and go another direction because you are afraid of the audience reaction or to spite the audience. Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Little Liars is nothing but a show that said the audience will never figure this out and neither will we. <laughs> no one will. Yeah. No one and will you, know, you know what? They would probably figure it out because it was based on a freaking book series. The people who love the books are going to tune into the show. So why would you just, why? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with changing certain things, but sure. to the degree, Gossip Girl, where um, Listen, things it's another literally one. don't make sense. It didn't make any goddamn sense. Spoiler alert, I guess. The show was on a long time ago. No, Dan... no, there's no spoilers. The show <laughs> is over. Dan was If you look up Gossip, Gossip Girl, Girl, like, uh, it does, it literally doesn't make sense. Because does not. there's None like scenes where he's like you know because they get like notifications i guess does everyone have gossip girl on google alert or something i don't know but people would all be getting like the same alerts or texts or whatever and he would be getting them too and be just as surprised by himself no other character around him to be performing for so it's like, yeah so why and <laughs> And also, it's another, I mean, just like Pearl Liars, but like Pearl Liars did it worse. Like, you don't need to be, quote unquote, so far ahead of the audience so they can't figure out your mystery. The fun thing about mystery shows, everybody, is either one, you let your mystery element just be sort of like in the air and just have it be a thing you either never know because it's not as important as everything else in the show, or two, you have some clear, like, you know, complicated, I wonder what's going on factor of the mystery. But at some point, it's fine if we know because it's a story <laughs> and I want yes. to actually know what's going on. And if you want to like be playing games with the audience, that is honestly what mystery is. But yeah. have you never heard of a red herring? That's all you need to do. If you have a red herring, this isn't an issue. You can have two red herrings, you know? Just don't let it be doing too much. But just like, you need to not make it so convoluted that it's impossible this is even true. But it still can be like more than just obviously it's that person. Like there's a there's a middle space. I, I really don't enjoy the stories where it's like you set up all of these things and you set up these clues that went nowhere. Yeah. And there's literally no way to connect the dots for it to make sense. And yeah. the only explanation is that you do not care for or respect your audience. Like, it's trash. Like, mm -hmm. what are you writing for? Yeah. Would you want to read that story or watch that story? No. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what other one I think is funny? It's like a small thing. This happens like in rom-coms and like television shows a lot when people are just like, Hey, person I just met, let's go on a date. I'll pick you up at eight and then never talk about anything else. What are we doing? Is someone driving? Like, it's just so funny how people just have, like, that's the end of the conversation and then they walk away. Yeah, I get that. It's because, like, limited time. Sure, and everything. Time. And you're like, every conversation. I, that's the boring stuff. No one needs to talk about, like, who's picking who up and whatever. <laughs> like, honestly, what certain lines of, like, you can just throw that in there. Like, I'll pick you up at eight. But when characters who have had basically limited contact with each other or they're just meeting each other and it's like i'll call you i'll text you when did you exchange numbers i never gave you my number <laughs> how did you find my number you know easy solve for that is just like oh let me put my number in your phone or yeah. just like yeah before that was the thing like let me just slide my number to you 
You don't even have right. to show it to the audience. You don't have to rattle off some fake number that some jackass is going to like call for real to be like, I wonder who this really is. You don't even right, have to do right. that. Or just a quick like text you my address later. And then that solves the whole problem. <laughs> it's just funny. It's not that deep, but it's just hilarious. No, that is, that is something that I, I noticed that too. And something I think is hilarious. And I think the L word is like the perfect example is where like time is not real. What is time? No. Like, it's hard to tell what time of day anything is supposed to be happening. And I feel like some characters are living in a flashback and others are like (laughs) in present day or the future. I'm not sure because they would be switching between like, here's a nighttime scene. Here's a daytime scene. Here's back to nighttime. And it would be the same scene. It's like, wait, no, I don't understand. Actually, I don't (laughs) understand what came first. What what's going on? Why do we keep going back and forth? That's so funny. So what are some tropes that you like and ones that you hate? I don't know that I hate it. I just like I'm I'm over it is actually I talked to one being public proposals or public (laughs) declarations of love. Sure. But the other one just is like an umbrella underneath that is the airport chase scene, train station chase scene, like whatever (laughs) fucking like I never understood the whole chasing anyone in the airport airports are huge even small airports are they're huge. so huge and the the for some reason the person who works at the airport lets you on the plane you don't have a ticket it never made any sense why they would do that yes was not a thing it wasn't a thing but even when it wasn't a thing i'm like okay this person doesn't have a ticket though like don't let them on the plane <laughs> Oh, no. Mickey's pro TSA. Okay. Um, Oh, no, no, no. Anti-TSA, but I am (laughs) very anti-TSA. But also, I am just a little bit pro, like, hey, you can, like, be here right in front of the area when people are getting on the planes. But, like, we do have to take off, so we can't just have, like, everyone just here. I can see that. (laughs) There's a little show that um, has been filling the void lately, and it's called Everwood. And (laughs) there is a scene between two characters I don't actually care about. Well, I care about one. I don't care about the relationship. But there's that whole, like, oh, you're trying to break up with me and I have to prove whatever. Big romantic speech while you're trying to work. Really obnoxious. Right. And they kiss when you get back together. And they break apart and they look around. And one of them is like, oh, I thought they would applaud or something. Wait, who are you talking about? Nina and Jake. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody, no one in real life needs to applaud for two human beings kissing. It's just, every, people have relationships. It's a normal, regular thing. It's not new. Right. Particularly when you are an unstable couple that breaks up and gets back together <laughs> more than once. No one gives a fuck at this point. It's just like, that's just what you do. Yeah. And no offense to TV writers, but like also in real life, people who go up to people to be like, hey, I have feelings for you. I'm in love with you, whatever. Their speeches are never that good that they need applause. It's usually kind of pathetic. Or just like very regular and just chill. I fucked up. Do you forgive me? Can we get past this? I don't know. (laughs) Right. Maybe it's like, nice if you're not holding a whatever. boombox over your head and you're not, like, <laughs> waxing poetic, you didn't even write a song, like, why is anyone going to applaud you? You didn't put any effort into this. You're just, like, you s- broke her boundaries and then stole <laughs> a coffee pot to just follow her around her job. This is harassment. This is stalking. I don't approve. 
No one cares. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've seen someone kiss passing on the street and I did not stop and I did not stare? So many times. Don't care. People you know kiss. What? I don't know. It's fine. As long as you're not ramping it up past PG in a public setting, then I don't care. Most of the time when like people <laughs> in relationships have an argument or something or like want to say how much they love another person, they usually just do it in private. Yeah. You don't run the risk of the person feeling manipulated by having it be this big public thing. It's like all these eyes on you and all this pressure to live up to some like in real life rom-com moment for everyone else. Or rejection in front of a large crowd. This also sounds bad. It'd be a lot. <laughs> It'd be a lot to it do. Be too much. Yeah. Unforgettable in the worst way. Yeah. What are some trips you dislike or hate or love? Because again, tropes aren't all bad. This is not like a new take or anything. A lot of people feel this way. But the ones that I feel like they just need to drop is every single new show that comes out about teenagers where everyone's 26. Because <laughs> we can tell. Just make them be in college or hire somebody else. And just understand that, you know, there are child labor laws and you got to make it longer of a shooting schedule, which is fine. <laughs> God. <laughs> I I wish there were more college shows. There's so many high school shows, but college and also like the immediate years post college. Yeah. Like early mid 20s. Maybe there'll be a show around those ages, but oftentimes I feel like you kind of gloss over that time. Yeah, yeah. What do we have? A different world in Grownish. Um Undeclared, which had one season. The best years, which was like a long time ago at this point. And Greek. Oh, yeah, Greek. Greek was um, doing the college thing for a while. Yeah, there's not. Oh, enough. I'm sorry. Community. Um, community, of course. Community. I don't know. I mean, there's that new one with that Mindy, Mindy Keeling. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, out. yeah. Um, Some of, I can't have Sex Lives of College Girls. Sex Lives of College something. Girls. Yeah. I hate the title, but. I mean, there's like, there's obviously a couple examples of like real baby faced actors and actresses who can like make it work and you're like oh i didn't know you were actually 23 but you did look 16 like sure that happens but overall mm -hmm. we can all tell i hate that trope i hate the nagging wife trope oh god yeah and i especially hate it when it's paired with the trope of attractive wife conventionally attractive whatever with the ugly slovenly horrific husband who is just a big man child i hate yeah. i hate those tropes i do too because i'm just like why would this woman stay with this man <laughs> he seems like he sucks like on a daily basis have you seen the show kevin can fuck himself kevin can bleep himself because you know you oh. can't say that show is examining that trope half of it is filmed in like a sitcom style complete with laugh track and overly bright lighting and then half of it is filmed like it's some gritty ass Showtime or HBO show. Mm. Like the, the lighting is suddenly all cool. It's not warm. <laughs> it's a little right, Everyone's blue. <laughs> and it's just like, listen, the reality is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very jarring. So it actually is kind of hard to watch. But the tonal shift is intentional. And so I just think it's an interesting concept of a show. And Annie Murphy's great. That's cool. Yeah. What are some anti-recs for you? 
not so great show, Emily in Paris, it involves an American girl having a job where she goes to France and then just refuses to learn French where everyone around her is like, could you try a little harder? And she's no. all like, oh, everyone hates me. And I'm like, well, because you're annoying. <laughs> I would hate you too if you just came to a country and like, not even like refuse to learn a language because that's one thing, but it's just also just refused to learn anything about France before she got there. <laughs> Literally anything. Like she knew nothing. And she just I can't imagine existing like that. I would have way too much anxiety about being in the space where I don't know the language or customs right. and I'm supposed to, I'm going to live there. I have a job there. Like it's not just a quick vacation even. Right. But you know, she also is better at things because she has an American perspective where she knows things more than they do, even though they've been doing it for years, <laughs> decades. She's going to just change this French company and turn them around because she is young and understands more and than they do. It's the American way. And she somehow can understand now, like she works for social media. It just is annoying because I do social media for my job. And like people think it's just like this easy thing, but it is also contextual to like the location you're in to know how to like message the things that you're trying to do. And I just find it hard to believe that this girl who again, researched nothing about France or Paris before she got there. It was just like, oh, romantic city. That's all she had. She goes, doesn't speak French, is working for a social media, like doing social media for like a company that does, I think it's like perfume or like other products like that. And then like knows how to market them to a French audience somehow better than the people that work there. And I'm like, absolutely not. How would you know all the intricacies of the way that they speak? Even if you were doing it in English, there's probably still specific things that people expect around how commercials look, how social media sounds. And I also think it's bullshit that she somehow gets a high social media following from taking selfies. <laughs> she just I, takes selfies with bad I, captions. I hear that, but also she's just like a thin white girl. So I'm also like, yeah, that tracks. She is a thin white girl, but I just feel like she didn't. Mm -hmm. I need her to at least try a little more for me to at least have that much. Like, yes, like you can get a lot off of just that. But she didn't try at all. No, I'm saying purely for gaining a social media. Oh, because she's herself. pretty. Because yeah. she's a pretty white girl. Not like succeeding at her job. At some point, they'd be like, you don't know anything. French people don't respond to this. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm curious what you would think of the bold type. Since one of the characters does like social media for the magazine. I used to watch that show. I need to catch up on it because I didn't watch. I haven't <sighs> watched it in a while, but I remember liking it when I did watch it. I have so many feelings about it. I really want to know what you think. There's definitely things that have bothered me about it, but I really love, I love the certain things about the show. Yeah. There's other things that made me really mad. And yeah. those things would just be the very, very ingrained white feminism of it all but yeah that's what this show gives me too because the white feminism that this girl has deep in her when she watches this commercial for a french audience about some product in france where she's just like isn't this sexist that this girl is walking around and she like isn't naked at this point and blah 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 and i'm like maybe it is but also literally how would you know in the context of what they're doing why they're doing it if this exactly is the lens that you're seeing it through. If you have more information, you can make that assessment, but I don't trust you. <laughs> anyway, okay. that's my Emily in Paris rant. 
Yes. <laughs> a show that I watched for too many episodes. Yeah, I had to endure the texts and I had to just <laughs> endure the rant. And I respect the rant. Because it was so annoying. I'm like, <laughs> and the show hated, the show was shot in Paris, but like hated Paris at the same time. And it's just like, was oh, it actually it's... shot in Paris? Yes, they went oh, to, wow. the, it's shot in real life Why? Paris. Oh, the disrespect. Right, how you go to someone else's country? shoot at that country and then be like, you suck at what Disrespect you don't know them. what you're doing. Left and right. Like, wow. French people, all French people do is, it's like, they just smoke cigarettes. They don't eat lunch. They start work too late. It's like 8 a.m. and no one even is, no one's even here. They don't work enough because they're just chilling right now and they don't think they should be doing more. The streets are made of cobblestones. Uh, like, I'm like, why do you hate Paris so much? <laughs> don't go here then. Leave Paris alone. Ooh, um, Anyway, <laughs> does not compete. You know that that Netflix movie that I was. Did you watch it too, or was it just me ranting at you about it? Is that, it that Keenan was that in new one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I watched it. Of course. What I watched the hell it. was that? Show? Oh, it was called Work It. It was just I don't know. Dance the movie. It was basically what was happening there. <laughs> I'm still Loki mad. Because that ending was not like that. It was, it made no sense. It was not deserved. No. I feel like, okay, so movies, writers love underdog movies and that's fine. But if you're going to write- a real underdog that like is good. Good at the thing. That was one of the worst examples. Like even if the movie was fun a lot of times, it was one of the worst examples I've seen of like an underdog group or a person who's trying to be a dancer or whatever, who is still not, but so great at the thing, but somehow wins the contest at the end. I'm like, they never improved that much that they should win now. I I'm sorry. I root for excellence. <laughs> I I'm going with the team. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care no. if they're jerks. They're, this is a contest about dancing. <laughs> I'm not judging their personalities. The judges don't even know their personalities. They don't know these kids. <laughs> the, like, the only thing I would care about was like, were they racist or something? We should address that. But they're just being like regular, just like, I don't like you. They don't have to like you. That's cool. Just dance. And again, the contest judges don't know any of that information. They weren't there. They don't have that. They just see the dances happening in the front of their face. That's what I want. But no, <laughs> you want me to root for people who don't even go to the competition. Or for people who have only trained for like two weeks or something. Right. And they're up against these people that have been training their whole lives. And I'm supposed to care because of X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, but like my home life is really a struggle. And, you know, I feel for you but you still shouldn't have won. Exactly. I'm like, you can, we can grow and learn together. You deserve better. That doesn't mean you win every contest you enter. I would love more movies where the protagonist didn't win. I'm sorry. Yes. No. Like when, they, like when they don't deserve to win. Sometimes, But sometimes you deserve to win. You're not always going to win. And that doesn't even mean you didn't do your best. It means you are not going to win all the time. Yeah. Statistically impossible. Honestly, one of the best movies that demonstrates this and the reason why this movie continues to be good year after year is Bring It On. Because you know what Bring It On realized? Bring It On was like, we're trying to tell a story about these white kids who for years 
have stolen cheers from this black school and this black squad and have just fully pretended like they are better than they actually were. And when they finally were like, fuck, I guess we should stop doing this racist bullshit. That doesn't mean they get to win because they don't deserve to win. That just means they now learned a thing. I don't want to go off because I want to just like have a whole episode about just that movie. Yeah, we should. And how the sequels failed the entire premise of that movie. What are some other anti-rex that you have that come to mind? The Village. I just remember being viscerally angry (laughs) because I had jokingly predicted the whole thing from the first scene. And I was correct. That sounds about right for an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I feel like his twists are like, yeah, that thing that you made very obvious, but you're trying to pretend it's a twist. Sure. Well, it was very specific because I remember sitting in the theater and it was the opening scene and just saying to my friends, like, okay, wouldn't it be funny if so-and-so did this and then this, (laughs) but then twist this. And as we're watching it unfold, it's like, check, check, check. I was like, give me my money back. Wow rationally there are definitely worse movies and if we ever did like a part two of this type of format just like let's just shoot the shit again i'm sure i'll be able to think of something else but for now it's the village (laughs) yeah okay one movie that i know i've seen recently that was not a fun time was um well, not recently, but like in the last few years, it was Batman versus Superman. It was a oof. Why would in you fact, see that? Because I like superheroes, so I like to just me too. But still, watch. I like to watch them all, so I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie. How did? How do you possibly make a movie where the premise is two superheroes fight each other into a boring, <laughs> okay, meandering but this mess? Is, this is a lie because Batman is not a superhero. Batman is just a rich dude with gadgets. Okay. Well, sure. But like, that was you know never going to be a fair fight. The fact that it's always a thing pitting Batman against Superman has never made sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But if this is your premise, it shouldn't be boring. I think it was either almost three hours or fully three hours long. And I For think what? they didn't even get into fighting each other at all until about an hour to two hours into the fucking Rip movie. Off. And I'm like, what What have I been sitting here doing? I don't, I'm wasting so much of my time. I hate this movie so much. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I want it to go away. I think I fell asleep the first time I watched it. <laughs> the only reason that they stopped fighting each other is because they learned that their moms have the same name. And that is... The reason why they're like, oh, wow, you're a person too. I guess we're um, on the same side. Was it something generic like Mary? Martha. Like- it was Martha. And uh, then it was, and the dialogue is dumb because it's like, he randomly kind of just says, Martha, save something, Martha. And I'm like, in what universe would you randomly bring up your mom's name by her first name in the middle of a fight? What? I think it's really <laughs> sus and weird that you're calling your mother by her first name. That makes me think of in Gilmore Girls where the grandfather, Richard, calls his mother Trix. That's not her first name. Yeah, But it was still just like, ew. Just say mom. It's weird. Of all the nicknames for anyone, why Trix? I don't know. Okay, there was a show I just watched recently called Doom Patrol, which is really good. I think you would like it. It's a superhero show. It's a superhero show that I think are Marvel heroes, but they're like little no Marvel heroes who are just very bad at being superheroes and kind of botch science experiments from this one guy. So the whole thing's a mystery of like why they exist 
why he created them and all the dynamics are really fucked up. So it's like, oh, I hope they don't fuck this up too bad and something good happens in the show. But mm. there was a storyline where there was a eye in the sky mm-hmm. and the eye was uh, killing people. Like the eye was like, if you looked at someone, the eye no, would kill no. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. And it was Don't terrifying like it. looking because this was, was made, you know, in the last couple of years. So it was like a good looking eye in the sky. It's like, ah, I don't like it. I hate it. I don't want it. To fix that situation, they had to do this whole thing that then created a second eye in the sky to then defeat the other eye in the sky. Stop it. And then they had a staring. Could you stop? <laughs> kind of like dark comedy ish. It's ridiculous. Like the okay. storylines are all, it's just kind of like nonsense, but then also serious, but then also nonsense. Hmm. Alrighty. I would probably watch that, but I think I would lose my shit if. <laughs> Once they start, like the two eyes start having a staring contest, I can't. Let me give you one out of context things from the show that I won't, that won't spoil too much, but okay. there is a character who is a street named Danny who is genderqueer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> the sentient street <laughs> is welcoming and genderqueer and you can talk to the street. And then the street will answer you by just like showing up with words on like, you know, the movie banner or like the side of the window of one of the stores or like the street light or something. <laughs> and it uses they them pronouns is also a thing that the the show established. The street? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the street, in the street lives a bunch of queer people who are all, you know, having a great time. It's like a safe haven for queer people, kind of. I don't know how to respond to that so yeah (laughs) yeah also the new wonder woman is kind of also sucks but only half of it which is weird because it almost was a good movie until the whole rest of the movie happened i (laughs) (laughs) Uh, apparently it was just like super racist like okay don't want it oh oh when the yeah oh yeah oh actually yeah, just I like think about that, like, rah-rah USA nationalist weird bullshit. I mean, that's another reason it's not like it. There's there's more that are also so just many. Plot, like, it's also just, plot based. It's just not written well either. It's a mess. It's a, it's like, at the end, they wanted to have a message and they had her give this whole speech. I'm like, you haven't earned this at all. Don't try and lecture me about making sure that I'm, you know, not wishing for terrible things and, like, thinking about my fellow person. And when you spend this whole movie... Being a mess. Like, I can't, I don't want this from you, actually. Oh, oh God, I love superhero movies um, so much. I know, like, Fun. some people are like, they, they, like, are the worst, the worst thing that's happened to film industry. And, you know, there's definitely points you can make about that. I'm not arguing that they're well-written by any sure. means, most of them. Yeah. Except for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That movie is um, fucking amazing. I mean, sure, I can understand why people would say that. But I also think that it is it is a feat for the fact that 10 years were spent on a series of interconnected movies that like about 75% actually are fairly interconnected enough to last that long and be a coherent story. It's not coherent all the time. Each and every movie is not good. But like they... Oh, no. No, there's ones that are that really bombed. No. But like... It is something, to, it's an accomplishment, I feel like. And it's it is a realized universe. It is. 
My favorite fact, though, is to think about the like behind the scenes stuff of like which companies own which characters because movies get made that don't make any sense because like Sony owns Spider-Man for a long time and they couldn't put him in certain places. But then they finally got him back. Marvel got him back. So now he's a Marvel movie. Fox that owns X-Men. Fox owns X-Men. Yeah. uh, Wait, do they don't they still own X-Men? I don't know what has happened because it's hard to keep track, especially since Disney is allowed to be this huge monopoly and they really should regulate that they like you can't just let them own basically the whole fucking industry yeah because they bought they own yeah like they own lucas films they have all the marvel movies Mm -hmm. they own like national geographic i think um do i pay 6.99 to disney plus to watch these movies sure but that doesn't mean i don't know that you're do i just watch my friends yes i do (laughs) that's also reasonable and also do i like reliving my childhood of nostalgia and that's how you got all these people to pay you money for this absolutely do i think it's bullshit that it took more black people dying for you to actually put black shows and movies onto your platform absolutely 100 percent is it fucked up that you didn't let liz and wire reboot happen because it was too adult for you yes I feel that, but also I don't want it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just more about the principle. I don't know if it was going to be a good show or not, but it, it was a really fucked up reason of why they didn't want it. But you rebooted Raven and right, you rebooted same, Boy Meets World. I mean, the same fucking thing. Like, it's like it wouldn't have been that deep. And that's really like Hillary Duff's bag. I don't expect much from her, but what I do expect is what she would give in Liz McGuire. Yeah, I love Liz McGuire. It's a good show. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't watched it recently. It could be a we're good, probably up, is a good show. Gonna, you know we're going to end up watching it. Recently, I did watch that episode of Lizzie McGuire that Aaron Carter was in because I had a vague <laughs> memory of the fact that he was in an episode of Lizzie McGuire when I think they used to date or something. He, he dated Lindsay Lohan, too, and there was drama. Because he did he did them at the same time, right? Something ridiculous. And instead of just being like, fuck this dude, they yeah. like... I don't know. Then the other part of me is like, how much of this drama was just like Hollywood orchestrating shit? Right, because weren't they like 14? <laughs> they were like 13, 14 when their was lasted for years. Yeah. Most of the revivals or reboots or like spinoff movies or whatever that first come to mind have all been disappointing. Like Gilmore Girls, disappointing. Dead Like Me, disappointing. Veronica Mars, possibly the worst I've ever seen. We should just, we mourn and we talk about what could have been and how sad. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a single time where I was like, this gave me the closure I needed. No, that's what fan fiction (laughs) is for. Yeah, Fuller House, no one needed you, nobody asked. Did you hear that they're trying to do like another spinoff of Fuller House? No. Because they're like, Bob Saget would want this for us. (laughs) No, I don't know that that's true. (laughs) I feel like we don't need to, I don't know, that's just that. Right. No. Just so that you can then have a whole scene where, I mean, a whole season where you have to now mourn Danny Tanner dying. And that's the whole reason for the show now. Let's just, we, we did it. You did it. They grew up, they had kids. Mary can actually said, we don't care. And then we moved on <laughs> and y'all got canceled. Let's just have it be what it is. <laughs> let it lie. Just yeah, let it God lie. Meets World, we're talking to you too. That was, the show was bad. The actors, I like the, the actors outside of that show. They're fine. See, they the show, fine. bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't acknowledge it. And in my world, Sean and Angela are still together. 
Yeah, there's like a thousand reasons why that show just did not work because they, I mean, honestly, some of it is like, if you're, you can tell if someone's remaking something because they care about it or they're remaking something because they're like, people will remember this and it'll make money if we like lean on the adults who watch this as a child and then they have kids now probably so they'll watch it. Everyone can see that because you're not putting mm-hmm. anything into the writing of it. Yeah. Spinoffs have a little bit better of a chance than a full-on like reboot, revival. Like sometimes the spinoff outshines the original. Yeah, um, that's true. Because they get to be their own thing at least. Mm-hmm. Like I love a different world. I didn't I never cared about the Cosby show. It's watchable without seeing the other one. But that's not always the case for like a reboot or a revival. Mm-hmm. And I guess we should clarify like the difference between all of these. We're like kind of mixing them up. There's like spinoff where it's like some of the same characters go off and do their own adventure and mm-hmm. it can happen while the other show is still on or it can happen later. And then like revival is like, it's the same people. They're all coming back. The same characters is just like a few years later. And then reboot is we're just hitting restart. We're doing this again. It's the same thing. We might put a different spin on it. Oh, there's also reimaginings, which like, I think are, it's like similar to reboot, but I think sometimes can be like, it can be the vague idea of the other thing, but then just really just be doing a whole, like they just Mm -hmm. take a 10% of the old thing and then make a whole 90% of like whatever else they want to do. Yeah. Like the Wonder Years, the current one, which is like, but make it black. (laughs) Yeah. You'll recognize the premise and also none of these people that before are involved. Or like, right. what would you consider the new, uh, the new He's All That movie? It's like technically kind of almost um, like a um, revival-ish because they have Rachel Lee Cook there, but then they make it not that. Is she the same because, character? Yeah, she's, it's not that because she's not the same character, but then also the like... So she's kid, just doing like a cameo then at that point. like Yeah, and they had um, Matthew Lillard, who was a high schooler in the other movie, be the principal, I think. Okay. And so, he referenced something that like happened in the other movie as like a tradition at this school when we do this thing. I'm like, okay, are you the same person? What's happening? He can't be because there's no way that person would be a principal. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, that's just like a thing where it's like we're forcing a callback moment, even though like it doesn't make sense, but we just really need you to come back and do this cameo. But you're playing different characters. So yeah, at that point, just make them be the other characters. But it's like, it's still kind of in the universe because you're saying it's the same school. Yeah, the school's the same. But this character who looks like the girl who grew up and went to the school is a different person. It's not a reboot. It's just the exact same story. But we gender swapped it. I guess it's a reimagining. Yeah, I guess it's a reimagining, but with cameos. It's a lazy, it's a lazy reimagining that we didn't put that much effort into. And we're like, I don't know, that girl's popular, hire her. I don't know that we needed to bring that movie in particular back. Like, would I rewatch that again? Probably for the purposes of this podcast. But like, it's not a good movie. I mean, I like that movie enough. It's just like very, it's very high school tropey. Like, it's one of the movies that has all the main tropes that you've seen after that. Where like girl with glasses gets a makeover they take off the glasses take out her ponytail uh bet to like get girl was was that to like, go to prom not, not another teen movie i think i love that the, movie. <laughs> yes the main plot of it is ripped from she's all that and then it, yeah. it's just like other things kind of sprinkled in mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that says it all right there. It's the tropiest of movies. But if you just want to watch movies, like just a bunch of tropes and like hold up <laughs> characters, then sure, it's fine. Oh, I think my last thing that I can't stand anti-rec would be when shows don't know when to call it. Mm, true. I do love a show that tries to go for a record. That's why, even though I can't watch this whole like pandemic season of Grey's Anatomy, low key, I'm still like, you go, keep going, mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah, People, don't stop. Don't you listen don't to stop. everyone, including me, telling you that you should be <laughs> over by now. You keep going. Don't listen to the haters, okay? You you go out there, do that medicine for years, 20 years, Never mind years. that, you know, so many of these plot lines and medical whatever the fucks we've seen before. Do you think that matters? In real life, people continue to get cancer. So why can't we tell multiple stories of someone needing brain surgery? I mean, there's so many people who need brain surgery. I mean, we so many have to go to a hospital. Honestly, Law and Order and like hospital shows going yeah. forever makes sense because they're like, well, there's crime and there are people got to go to a hospital. I mean, it's the facts of life. You can't right. have every episode be like this pole smashed between two people and now they're connected and it's so sad. That can't be every episode. Most of the episodes are going to be like, you know, I was stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I fell down, you know, broke my leg or something. Can you just like stitch me up? Thanks. Right. And in those episodes, that's when we have to like pay a lot of attention to the romances going on in the hospital. People just fuck in supply rooms and shit. Yeah. Even though I thought that they had a whole rule about that. But I guess we forgot. Well, we don't need um, to... We have to they're have supposed the... to report that now. They're supposed to document it for HR so that no one can sue for sexual harassment <laughs> and fuck up everything for the hospital. But what about the romance? What about mm. the romance? <laughs> would you really, if you're a doctor, would you really want to date another doctor? No, I think they're only dating because they never see anybody else. They literally work 24-7. So literally, who else do you see? That's the only reason. But then it's very likely that like most of your time is just going to be spent working. Your time off is probably not going to line up. And God forbid you're both good at your job and you're like very high up in your job. So you yeah. really are at work 24-7. Actually, it makes sense why they fucking supply clauses. They can't do anything else. I mean, you're right. They're busy constantly. And A they, lot of them are know, really good doctors. And they've got too much to worry about. So of course they forget that condoms exist <laughs> and have pregnancy and STI scares all the time. You could still carry condoms. I think that's the thing you can maybe take a five minutes to no, go and do. No, no, sorry. Only have room for my pager and stethoscope. <laughs> but then there's shows like Lost or like The Walking Dead or Law and Order, everything. <laughs> <laughs> How many iterations? I mean, and they got the spinoffs too. <laughs> and there's, there's a new spinoff. There's a recent spinoff. What? Because okay. they brought Stapler back for his own spinoff that started like a year or two ago. And no. the SVU is still on. It's still currently making new <laughs> episodes. Like it has not stopped. And like it could have stopped years ago because now it's not good anymore. Like it was fun-ish. Mm. I mean, as fun as a police procedural can be. It knew what it was. It was in a formula that it was like, okay, we started crime, quippy thing from Elliot and mm-hmm. Olivia we find the wrong person at first. We go to the bar and ask the bartender who knows too much information somehow and remembers this person to like a scary detail. Eventually we get to the court case. Done, done. We're, we're, there we go. 
<laughs> like these these shows being like we can just keep this going forever and ever throw in a riff from the headlines here and there and <laughs> this is going to bring us so much money we can just keep this going but then you have no clear end in sight i need right, you to just like have, can have your goal number i love a show that has a fucking goal like the good place or like alias yeah. or you know these shows that are just like no, you're not going to bully me into doing Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. No, like, like, that's all we wanted to do. And now we are done. <laughs> we have completed. Sometimes stories are just done and it's fine. And honestly, it's usually better when the writers know when they want to end it because then they write it well. It's like worse when you're like, are we going to cancel? Are we not going to cancel? Are we still going on? And then you're just kind of writing things to be continued. And then if you do get canceled too soon or whatever, then it can kind of just end weird. And it's like, well, something mm-hmm. was going to happen. Now we never know. Unless we do a revival reboot thing and then just fuck it all up. Even worse somehow. Yeah. Let's not like, let's keep shows. Some shows are fine if it ended too soon. And it's like, let's just keep it where it was. It was sad that it ended too soon. You should have got another season then. But mm-hmm. we didn't. And everyone has moved on and it's fine. All that being said, this was really fun. Yeah. What are we doing next? Next time, we are going to be discussing the incredibly true adventure of Two Girls in Love. The incredibly long gay movie title from the 90s. It feels like an essay title. Like, what are we going to be getting into? Yeah. Well, see y'all later. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Taking TV Too Seriously. You can listen in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating. In between episodes, follow us on Instagram at TakingTV2Seriously. You can also reach us at TakingTV2Seriously at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.